0: And I pray that your word today would come to life. Lord, this is a scripture and word that we need to have alive in our soul. It'll change us, Lord. I'm so thankful for your power, your mercy, your grace. Let it come to life and change us, Lord, to become more like you. Thank you for the blood of Christ that saves us and rescues us. In Jesus' name, amen. I was, I got this email from someone, uh, it was a dialogue with a guy who was, um, you know, talking to uh, another person, and uh, the guy was kind of struggling with his faith, and the pastor was responding, it's a friend of ours, Joe Whitworth, and um, in um, Spokane, who pastors uh, another four square church called Life Center. And uh, Joe responded to the guy where he's going, I don't know where I am with God. And, and Joe responds and says, it's good news, buddy. The war is over. <laughs> and, and it's like the, there, there was a battle between man and God, not because God said, I really want to fight man. Man has fought with God by his own selfishness and sinfulness. How many can admit your own selfishness, right? How many can admit someone else's, else can, how many know someone else's selfishness, right? Just, just point right at him. Just go, theirs is worse than mine. And see, that'll reveal your pride so you'll know that you're actually worse. Right? And it works every time. And, and see, this, this war is over because God has reconciled man to himself through the cross. And, and if you come from an LDS background, a lot of times people will ask, they say, why do you put a cross up there? That's how Jesus died. Exactly. Because when he died, he didn't just die like a death. He died fulfilling a promise and making a payment. That's why it's so significant. That's why at one point Jesus writes about the the torment of his death and yet the joy set before him that he endured the scorn of the shame, that he was triumphant in it and that it was glorious because of what he did. Do you know that he did it and God's heart is for you? He's for you. He's on your side. He wants to draw you close to him, and I, I watched you know I, I told my wife I said I said, man, you were rocking it, man, you were the American idol winner up there, you know what I mean because uh, you know my, my wife's been you know singing for a long time, and she's very talented, and she's you know poured into all the different worship teams that we have and and I see my little daughter up here, and you know she was one years old when we moved over here to Utah, one years old, just you know she was in her little Those little seats that just kind of sit there in the living room. And she's grown up when we used to have, you know, she's grown up as a church planter because she watches plant churches all over the place. And, you know, um, she's experienced and seen God work and seen miracles. And now just to to watch her worship up here, I I think back not only the 15 years when she was little and now that she's up here and my son's up here worshiping the Lord and just he has so much creativity and passion and and my other, other two kids as well. But I look back 30 years before and the Lord was really showing me and reminding me of what my life was like back then. And, and, you know, I, some of you know, and I'm not going to spend a whole lot of my testimony here, but some of you know I was a pretty hardcore addict. And I had this, this one particular night that the Lord always brings back to me that I was, I was taking everything that night. I took I was on Coke, I was on ecstasy, and I was high on weed. And I was literally walking down the street, and I was so confused, but I was literally just medicating myself to sleep. Because every night, I mean every night, every single night, Monday through Monday, I would get drunk and to pass out. I couldn't sleep unless I was drunk to the point of passing out. That's how I fell asleep. It was like, a, you know, I would drink Bacardi 151 and I would just down the whole bottle every single night until I passed out and then I would just wake up in the morning. And I'd be fine for four or five hours and then the pain would hit me and then I'd start all over again. And here I am at church looking at your faces. Seriously. Seriously, I cannot. I mean, I can't. There's so many times I sit in the chair that I sit at at home and I watch, I'll just be sitting there and I'll watch my family and I'll just see one of my kids come in. They're talking and laughing and doing stuff and then out they go and another kid comes in and they're working on stuff. And, and I'll just be looking and I think, I am the most blessed man on the earth. And, and trust me, I, I've had trials and tragedies too, I know. Things are tough, but yet God's glorious salvation, this Messiah has come into my life and he's changed me. He's changed my life. You know, before I moved out here, you know, I, had, I was on my way to work and it was I, I had been fired from every job. I had 11, I was fired 11 times, 11 times. Um, it's hard to imagine this sweet face. Having the devil's ear. But, but I, you know, I, three of them were fighting my boss. One, I subdued two of them. And, and they were threatened in their life. And the only reason they didn't press charges, they were afraid I'd come after them. And, and, and literally, I had like 30 tickets, four driving the suspended licenses. And, you know, when I came to Christ, you know, it was such a miracle It was such a miracle that that everything in my life changed. My mind changed. I was no longer alone. God was with me. Um, My heart, the things that despaired me, I would watch every week or sometimes every month God would take one hardship and hurt and pain in my life and he would dissipate it and pretty soon it was gone. I wouldn't have to ignore it like medication. He would put it right there in front of me, scare me to death and then get rid of it. And one by one, God just brought deliverance and healing and restoration. And he's still got more stuff to do, but I, it's amazing. I'm a walking testimony, and so are you. How, how many can think of a good four or five things that the Lord has done in your life? Tremendous things. Well, this is, this is my sermon today. I, I want to talk about bringing people to Jesus because you've already encountered Jesus. He's the Messiah. And the, I'm going to be in the Gospel of John John, many of you know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he was with God in the beginning. And then there came a man, and his name was John. And John was not the light, but he came as a witness to that light. That's John the Baptist. And he testifies concerning the light. And at some point, he comes in and he starts to gather disciples to himself. John does. And then they're following him in this repentance and baptism. But then all of a sudden, he sees Jesus coming into his ministry. And when he sees it, he says, look, the Lamb of God. And that's where I'm going to start. And I'm going to focus today on three things that will help you bring people to the Lord. How many want to bring people to the Lord? Come on. I'm going to give you three things that I promise you will work. They're grounded in Scripture. They're nothing fancy. It's just being yourself in the Lord and just walking out the pattern that we see here in Scripture. Okay, A little introduction with this story so you get the background. John was with his two disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. Now, the Lamb represents the sacrifice they would offer animals for the payment for their sin, life for life, blood for blood, and understanding that there was a consequence for sin and man of course having to pay for his own sin until Christ comes. Well when Christ comes he's offered by God's provision that says, "Look, this is the sacrifice that's going to take care of all your sins, the lamb of God." When the disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Boy, that's that's a simple one. Right? They said he goes, "Look, the lamb of God points to him and they follow him because it's supernatural." Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, "What do you want?" And don't you love how Jesus talks? Like, you know, I think the Lord does this to everybody, doesn't he? Doesn't the Lord turn to you in life sometimes and say, all right, so what do you want? What do you really want? And you have to think, Lord, what do I want? (laughs) Then you look at your motives, you go, I'm not sure you like everything that I want. Right? And you can't, how many know you can't fake it with God? Right? Oh, Lord, I was really noble. Yeah, sure you are. (laughs) And thoughtful of others. You might as well just admit it. How many can admit you're selfish? Yeah, I knew it. I'm not, but you guys are. I knew it. But I'm just kidding. <laughs> and they said, Rabbi, where are you are staying? Because, you know, they want, they want to stay with him. And that's how it is. Jesus doesn't want to be just a little guest in your house. He's going to live life with you through the Spirit. He's going to dwell in you. And, and people... You know, understand like I do. There's times when you're going, Oh, I don't know if I want Jesus around right now. But it doesn't matter, he comes with you no matter what. And that's the way it works. So they went and saw where he's staying and spent the day with him. Okay? And this gets me to the first one. And why don't you say it with me? Number one, say find. Find. Find, find someone you love. This is the first key to evangelism. Find some, don't find someone who's just available. Don't find someone that you just feel like you need to witness to. Find someone that you love. Let the Lord's heart always be active in you so that when you see people, you don't see them just with your own eyes. That's so easy. You know, I, I go to, you know I'll i sit in a coffee shop and I'll just meet people and, and I'm not thinking. I need to love people. I'll just be thinking, i got to get my work done, or i got to do this. But when the Lord's working in you, He changes your mind. Amen. And then all of a sudden, you start to see people that you love. Who the, are they? And God will show you who they are. I mean, it, there's a prophetic power in this. Find someone you... Find somebody to love. Somebody, somebody. Right? This is, this is where it is. Find somebody you love. Somebody to... Right? I could sing the whole song, but then you'd all leave. So I don't want to do that. If you look at the scripture, watch where it goes. It says, Andrew, and they follow him. And it says, The first thing Andrew did was to say it with me, he found his brother. Found his brother. Right? He, first thing he did was find his brother Andrew. He found his brother. You know, and that's how it is. You know, Pete is one of my best friends. You know, who plays guitar here. The first thing I did when I came to Christ is I go, Pete, I got to tell you this. And Pete's like, "Uh, I don't know, but God was working on him too. He wasn't just working on me. He was working on him. He had a plan already, and 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 God led Pete to himself. You know, it was the miracle that he did. Find someone to love. Now make sure that I have a couple words in here. That, that these keys are that it's prophetic. This isn't, there's a difference. I put energetic below it. There's a difference between prophetic and energetic. Prophetic means Jesus comes to you with full knowledge of God's will and purpose and says, hey, it's you. Come follow me because you're seeing with eyes from the Lord. And it's a, it's a prophetic look. Man, God lays somebody on your heart and you go, huh, I'm supposed to be talking to you. I know it. And you say, hey, I need to tell you something. And, and this is where find tell, and, and I'm going to get into it. But it's got to be prophetic. So I hear an amen. amen. The, the second thing is 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 you got to be magnetic, not cosmetic. You can't a real life changed by the Lord is going to draw people because people are curious. Well, what happened to you? What's going on? Something in your life has changed. I noticed it. I've had people in my in all around me that are going something's different about you. You know, did you know that I went drinking like the next day after I got saved, I went drinking just to see if God was real enough to deliver me. I didn't realize it at the time, but I'm, and I was talking to my pastor on the phone, I go, he goes, Eric, you got, you got saved, you're saved. And, and, and he goes, God's with you. And I go, yeah, well, is he gonna leave if I have a beer? That's literally what I said. And he goes, he's not gonna leave you. I hung up the phone. I went straight to this nightclub called the Baritz. It's no longer there. God tore it down right after I, after I drank there. But I literally, I grabbed, I grabbed a Long Island iced tea and I downed it. And then I went to another place and had another one and then Jody's brother, who's like 335 pounds, big tats guy came in and he's going, how you doing? And I go... I know I met God, but I'm going to drink anyway. Because I have to. Like, I'm trying to tell him, I have to drink. I can't live without not drinking. And he goes, okay. He goes, that's fine. And I go, you're not going to condemn me? <laughs> that's what I was thinking. And he goes, no, Alba Pepsi. So he just, just sat with me, and I, I literally, I got three drinks into it, and the Lord touched my spirit again. And he made me sober right on the spot. I was completely and absolutely sober. God's miracle. And I could tell right there, and I said, this is a God who knows where I am. He knows my life condition. And guess what? You can find somebody you love, like Jody found me. You can find them and tell them. And you can be prophetic and you can be magnetic, and you can be apologetic. You know, I've had... Apologetic doesn't mean apologizing. It means that you have some answers. When you find someone you love, can you please have some answers? You know, it's so important to know that you can tell them something about this Lord and God that you did, that you, that you, that's changed you. Remember, he, you know, he, he says that. He says, the minute this happened, he found his brother. And I hope that's you. How many of someone you'd like to find right now? Come on, raise your hand. How many someone you love? Raise your hand. Find someone you love. That's how it works. Find someone you love. Number two, it's clear. Tell them what you know. Find someone you love. Tell them what you know. You can't tell them what you don't know. You know, Andrew, when he went to find Simon, who will be renamed by Peter immediately, and in fact, that's the great thing. You bring someone to Jesus, you know what happens? Jesus looks right at him and he goes, oh, you're Simon? Let me tell you who you really are. You're, I'm gonna call you Cephas. You're Peter. And you're gonna be this rock. And you know, he didn't realize he's gonna be writing books for God. And he's gonna be church planting and being affecting the whole world. He's gonna find freedom and bring deliverance across whole continents. This is, this is the life of Peter. Tell him what you know. It says he found Peter in verse 4. 41 and told him. This is what he told him. We have found the Messiah. Can you say it? Say, I have found the Messiah. the Messiah. How many have found the Messiah? Raise your hand. and Say, I found him. found him. I found him. I, I, I get, when I came up here, I told you. I found him. I found the Messiah. What kind of Messiah do you have? Do you have a delivering Messiah? Do you have a Messiah who's alive Do you have a Messiah who's a king Messiah, a Lord Messiah, a delivering Messiah, a Messiah who's come down through the history of time to the scriptures and now is alive, that he's real, he's the reigning, ruling Messiah? He is the Messiah. Look at it. He goes, We, I found him. I found the Messiah. You know, it's like when I told Pete, I go, I found God. He looked at me and he goes, well, he knew I wasn't going to lie to him. I was like, as sincere as can be. I go, dude, I found God. I'm telling you, I found God. He's going, he's either crazy, this girl he's talking to is flipped out, or it's real. It's one of the two. You know, I, you'd be surprised how I've had plenty of people that I've told them about the Lord. And some of them just flat out rejected it. But you know, some flat out accepted it. And I've said this before the first time I ever heard the gospel in its fullness, I became a believer. And I had Christians around me all the time for years. Never said anything to me. You want to know how you tell them? Tell them with your words. I know that there's a strong movement within Christianity that says you don't need to use your words, just let your life be a demonstration. And it's true that your life needs to be a demonstration. But how can they believe in the one of whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And and how can they hear the preaching unless they've been sent? And it says, how happy are the feet of those who bring good news? How many heard the gospel from someone? Raise your hand if you heard the gospel from someone. How many remember when you believed? Put your hands up. It's the life-changing gospel. Right? Faith comes by hearing. Where does faith come from? By hearing. By hearing the word of God. Tell them with your words. You know, I shared when I was in a recording studio for a while, and we were rewiring the recording studio, so while I was rewiring it, um, I didn't have work for like three to six months because I'd have to wire at night, and then I'd have to work during the day. So I worked all kinds of odd jobs. I, 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 and I, the first job I had was a carpet-laying job. And I didn't know how to lay carpet, but I was the grunt who would take out the carpet and do all kinds of grunt work. And, you know, and I'd do whatever it is, and, and, and as soon as I got to the, my company, the Lord just told me, he was to start sharing the gospel. And I'm telling you, the first, very first guy that I shared the gospel was, was the most ornery, foul-mouthed guy I've probably met, ever met, probably even to this day. Um, he was a, a drill sergeant who um, who hated his life, hated his wife, hated his kids, and hated his job. And he'd been doing uh, carpet for 27, 28 years, and he had just a couple years left until his uh, pension or whatever, journeyman, uh, whatever it's called, kicked in. His um, severance pay or whatever, not severance, but you know what I'm saying. And, and guess what? I, I remember, I, he's the first one. I said, okay, Lord, I'm just gonna witness to everybody. I get in the car with him. And and he's like, oh, like that, and I go, hey man, and I start talk, I start talking with him. And he's going, yeah, that little he's a from this, and I go, yeah, and I go, yeah, but you know, and I said, well, you know, my life's changed a lot. He goes, I don't care, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I and I'm like, and I go, I go, yeah, it was actually God that changed my mind. And he goes, you know, like you little son of a, you're gonna start telling me about God now, <laughs> like that here. You know, are you going to? I go. I'm going to. You know, I just went right back at him, and and he goes, "All right, go ahead, give me your spiel," (laughs) right? And he and he listened. You know, he listened, And, and and little by little, find someone you love, tell them what you know. I didn't know everything, but I knew that God was real, and I knew that He knew that I had a boldness that He'd never encountered before. That it, it, I was genuine. You don't think God orchestrated this? He absolutely did. I witnessed to every single person in that company. Every single one. There's not one person I didn't witness to. And the minute I finished with the last one, I got a new job. Some of you, I'm serious, have been at your job too long. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're not ready to graduate. <laughs> I won't get a show of hands, but I know people that have worked at their job, I've witnessed to nobody at their job. Listen, how could you have this incredible messianic good news and not tell anybody? See, and I'm not trying to make you feel guilty, I'm hoping to inspire you. Hasn't God been amazing to you? How many can say God is amazing? Listen, okay, put your hands down. How many have gone through serious hard times? Were you glad that God was there during those hard times? Oh, yeah. Okay, so put your hand down. So how many want to share? You want to find somebody you love and you want to tell them? Say, I want to tell them. I want to tell them. Tell them what you know. How many of you don't know everything? Okay, yeah. There's only three of us that do. Okay. But, right? And, I'm just kidding. But you know, but not really. Just kidding. I'm totally kidding. But listen, you know, you find someone you love, you tell them well, you know. you got to use your words. You have to use your words. Listen, he proclaimed, this is Paul, he proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Like, I'm not going to be stopped. You guys, there's a difference between energetic people and prophetic people. I mentioned it before. There's a difference between just going, I I want to tell you about God because you have this agenda, right? I just want to tell people about God because I'm trying to be a better Christian. That's not the same motive as loving people. You will talk differently to people because you care about them. When you say things to them because you love them, the words will sound different and they'll know it. You tell them and you use words that are life-changing. I, I, was, I was talking to someone last year and I'd asked them, I said, well, you know, I'd help led them to the Lord. They go, what was it? I go, what, what, what was it? And they said, you were available Eric, that's what it was. You were available to me. I, I, I've been wanting to talk about this for a while, but you were available. And then they said you were straight up, like, like no baloney. Like you just you didn't give me some religious answer. You just went this. You talk, no matter what I brought up, if I brought up something sexual, you didn't go, oh, I can't talk about that. You were straight up with me on every subject. And, and I said, well, that's good. And he goes, and then you had good answers. He said, I hadn't heard good answers before. I thought all the answers about Christianity were they didn't really have any evidence. And the fourth one is that God was working. You may not know every good answer, but you can always say, I don't know. Amen? Amen. I mentioned that a couple weeks ago. Now tell them with your words, tell them with your songs. We're in a generation of songwriters, American Idol, The Voice, all these different things, X Factor. People write about all kinds of songs. And I put on the side there the worldly songs. They write about the world. Doesn't, they have some good songs, don't get me wrong. But there are some songs, come on. <sighs> you know the country songs, you lost your job, your dog died, the house is gone, and you now your best friend's got your girl. You know, it's kind of like that. Right? And, and, and it's kind of, and it's shallow love. I met you in that bar that night. And I know I'd seen the light. You know what I mean? But then three months later, turns out she was the secret prostitute you didn't know. You know? And something else happened, and then, you know, and then the, her cousin killed you. I mean, who knows what happened in real life. But it didn't work that way. And it, what's really hilarious is God is the one person who can restore your whole soul, know how to fulfill you in every kind of relationship way. He knows your calling and your everything that you are. And people turn to everything else. We need to write songs that change the world. Yeah. Write songs about your testimony. Right. Listen. Write songs that you don't you even you don't even know what the song is about. You know. Write a new song. The Lord's constantly saying that. Write a new song. You know, I love it. Christian is up here writing new songs. We have a bunch of people from our worship team writing new songs. Write new songs. They don't have to all be worship songs. They could be testimony songs. They could just be fun songs. Write songs. The Lord's my strength. He's my song. Right? Sing to the Lord for what he's done. For he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. And then number three, or C here, tell them through with prayers. Find someone you love, tell them, tell them what you know through prayer. There's sometimes when you just meet with people and you gotta pray for them right now. Let people feel the presence of God. You know, let them, you, all you have to do, you have the Lord, amen? Do you have the Lord? Yes. Do, do, you, do you know what he feels like? Yes. Do, do you sense his presence? Sometimes you just put your hand on someone's shoulder, and let them sense your presence. You know, Mike, come on up here just for a second. You know, when, when you talk to people, I, I go to the Smith's grocery store, that's my store. And, and I will talk to people and, and, and it'll be the conversation kind of like this, like, hey, how's it going with your life? And they're telling me about it. And then I'll go, man, you know, just, just tell them what you know. Amen. Say it, say, tell them what you know. No, and go, hey man, God's done all kinds of things in my life. You know, And then just do this. Hey, can I, can I pray for you? Yes. Now, this is what they're thinking. They're thinking, you're going to go home, and then on Friday night when you have your home evening night to pray, then you're going to say a prayer for me. But this is what you do. Okay, can I pray for you? Sure. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Father God, thank you that you are the mighty one who can bring healing and deliverance. You can restore our calling. You can repurpose who we are now. Listen, I, I could, I can, I can just even pray a prayer right now. That would be real for Mike, and what I just said is true. Because I can sense the Lord, and so can he. This is what we bring to the table. Do I hear Amen? amen. This is what we bring. to Thank you, Mike. That was awesome. Appreciate you. They don't usually hug you in the store, but <laughs> actually, actually, they do. I. I had uh, Listen, Jody and I prayed for someone, a family that we led to the Lord in Barnes & Noble. And there was a line. There was like seven people in line getting coffee. We prayed for them. What happened is two other people ended up being Christians over there, and they came and lay hands on them. We had like six people laying hands right in the middle of Barnes & Noble. Do you understand that... When Elijah, Elijah and Gehazi, his servant, he's going, man, we're totally outnumbered. And then, and, and God says, Elijah says, open his eyes. And then boom, he opens his eyes and he sees a force of the kingdom of God all around him. And he says, more are with us than are with them. Do you understand that we are a force to be reckoned with? I cannot stand the weak. Christian outlook on TV and other places that is so, oh, we're say so treble the end times. Will you shut up? We are a kingdom moving forward. Men of violence will take hold of it. We are reigning with God in power. We are not retreating. Everywhere you will exercise the Spirit and allow Him to go forward, you will see the kingdom come, which is the prayer that you are destined to pray. Let your kingdom come. We don't don't just use our words. We don't only use our songs. We use prayer so that people can feel his presence. They can watch him work. They can get answers that they need. Come and taste and see that the Lord is good. And the other reason that you want to pray right away is simple so you won't forget. (laughs) You pray now, right? You never tell people, I'll pray for you later unless you put it in your iPhone, right? (laughs) Right? I mean, what do people do before that? You know, they're walking down the street. I'll pray for you later. I'll pray for you later. Come home and go. <laughs> what do you have, like seven different ropes? You know, this one represents Betty. I told her I'd pray for her. And you're going to forget. So you pray for people now. How many say amen? amen. And this is an odd one, letter D, but you, you, you tell them with your fragrance. You have a smell. It's Go like this. Come on, smell yourself. You, you can probably just smell your... Some of you need to go home and take a shower. Seriously. <laughs> Some of you, you know who you are. Aisle five, (laughs) seat six. I'm just kidding, I just made that up. (laughs) There's someone sitting there going, How did he know? He's a prophet. (laughs) No, but I am profiting at your expense right now. So, (laughs) listen, I have experienced the Messiah. What, What I'm telling you, my testimony at the beginning. I'm telling you what I experienced. No one can take that away from me. That is just what happened. There's no, there's no fabrication. There's nothing to get you a little bit more excited because we're at church. These are just the things that happened in my life. I found the Messiah. I experienced him. That's what happens with you. You smell. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession. That's like a victory parade. God says, I lead you. I always lead you in Jesus in a victory, triumphant parade. He says, and through us, I spread everywhere. God spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. Like, people go, what's God like? And you just go, hey, just, just sniff. They go, ah, oh, it's, it's, I smell life. I smell it in your family. Oh, no, that was Village Inn. Never mind. But, you know... But, but God uses our fragrance. Look what he says. He says, we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one, we smell like death. So someone who's, if, if someone is in the mode of rejecting the message for whatever, hardness of heart, whatever it is, it says to them, we don't smell good. So don't, you don't have to try to do anything. Find someone you love, tell them what you do. Tell them what, what you know. Tell them with your life. Tell them with your words. Tell them with your prayer. Tell them with your fragrance. Because the other ones were a fragrance of life. Find someone. Find somebody to love. Somebody to love. (laughs) Don't try to use your songs. Your lyrics don't sound so good. Just, okay, never mind. Tell them what you know. Okay? And then the third one is real simple. Bring them to Jesus. Bring them to Jesus. Yeah. Do I hear amen? amen? Bring them to Jesus. Find someone you love. Tell them what you know. Bring them, Bring, them Bring them to Jesus. Oh, I'm not an evangelist. Bring them to church. Bring them to a friend. And he brought him to Jesus. He, uh, Andrew, he found his brother Simon, and he told him, "We found the Messiah. And then he brought him to Jesus. Really? He brought him to Jesus. This is repeated over and over again. Th- this, this word, come, come, follow me. Go, to, come to get Jesus. Come, bring, brought. These words, listen to, they're all the way through the scriptures. Come, follow me. You know, Jesus says it prophetically. Come to me, all you who are weary. And this is how the scriptures end. The spirit and the bride. How many of you are the bride? Raise your hand. The spirit and the bride say, everyone say it, say Come. come. And let the one who hears say, Come and let the one who is thirsty come, come and let the one who, who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. The one who desires. It's the first time we see the word phalo there desire, will, wish, show up. Look at the scripture right after. This is the script text right after the one I just read. It says, Philip found Nathanael. Everyone say, find. find. And he told him. Everyone say, tell. We have found Moses, the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael asked, oh, perfect. No, he says, Nazareth? Can anything good come out of there? How many have gotten a response after you tell someone something really great? They go, I found God and he changed my life. Well, eh, I don't care about church. And it says, come and see, said Philip. Come on, find, tell, bring. You know, Kenny talked a couple, two weeks ago about the woman at the well. I want to go back to that ending, in the text, and see it in there. Because he, he, and I love that he goes to the one that no one else is going to go to. You know, we, we expect Jesus to go to the Bible college and go, oh, who are you? Oh, you've been studying everything. But Jesus goes to the, the woman's got seven guys. Yeah, you've been through a lot of guys. Well, you're going to hell. Right? That's how people feel in the world. I blew it. I've done too many things. That's okay. Just take a good look at that cross. Amen. Take a really good look and imagine that everything you've done was paid for by someone else. And he was good for it. He was perfect. So he was good for it. And he paid for it. And that's why Jesus goes right to the woman at the well and he tells her everything. She goes, he told me everything I ever did. Right? Leaving her water jar, look at what she went back to the town. Can everyone say find? find. find. She goes right back to town, <laughs> and she guess what? Says she says to the people. Can everyone say tell? Yeah. Find tell. It says come see a man who told me everything I ever did. This guy he knows me. It's like the minute Andrew tells S- Simon, come. I'm going to bring you to Jesus. The first thing Jesus looks at him and he says, "You're not see, you're not you're not Simon anymore. I'm calling you Peter." Why? Because you're like the rock. Okay, you're going I I know you are, Peter. I'm a life transforming power. Man, what did Andrew do? Just bring him there. It it, it says the whole town goes, "Could this be the Christ?" They came out of their town and they made their way toward him. And because of his words, many more became believers. How many say amen? Amen. Listen, I hope hope you're inspired. Find someone to love. (laughs) Tell them what you know. Bring them to Jesus. This is what it is. Find, tell, bring. Listen how the scripture closes. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves. I was mentioning, I was praying for Mike, and then all of a sudden, two days later, I run in and I said, hey, how's it going, Mike? What's going on? He goes, remember what you were praying for? Yeah, yeah. And I go, because I'll make them pray it. People will go, I I don't know how to pray. And I go, I can wait. (laughs) I got all day, brother. This is what I do for a living. I make people like you totally uncomfortable until you come to the Lord. And then they pray it, They pray it. It's like they've never prayed before because they don't think they can talk to God. But, but, and, they, and people don't realize they can talk to God and people don't realize they're forgiven until they see someone representing God sometimes stand right in front of them and say, you're forgiven. Look me in the eye. You are forgiven. The war is over. Amen. It's been fought. It's been won. He says, we no longer believe just because of what, we, what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves. We heard the answer to prayer. We saw God work. And we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. This is what you know. He's the Savior of the world. Maybe you can't explain it the way I do. You don't need to. If God wanted me in your situation, he'd have made a bunch more of me, but he didn't. He made one of me and says, that's it, no more of that. (laughs) Making other stuff. Then he made you guys. Amen? Amen. Amen. I want you to close your eyes. Let's bring people to Jesus. Father, I thank you for your great power, your sovereign power. Lord, I, I love how you use your power. Because you could use it for all kinds of stuff. You could just be a mighty ping-pong player, Lord. You could do all kinds of incredible things. But, Lord, I thank you, too, that you are a saving God who can heal us and deliver us. And I want to give the first shot right now. Maybe you've never put your faith in God, what he's done for you. You need that forgiveness. You need that redemption. You want to say right now, you want to say, God, would you forgive me? And you need to come to him right now. He's inviting you. If that's you, and you need to come to the Lord. You say, Lord, I want to put my faith in you. I need your forgiveness. I need your redemption. Would you change my life? I need you to come. You're my creator. Change my life. Change my heart. Thank you for forgiving me for everything. If that's you, we just raise your hand up high and just say, Lord, I need Right now, I need that redemption. I need that forgiveness. Hallelujah! And, and, and I, I want to offer you also a follow-up. We have a, a, a discipleship class that's not like a, a student-teacher kind of thing. It's something that you walk through. It's an experience with God. It's called Base Camp. Starting your adventure. We have people there that will serve you. They're not going to lord over you, try to make you religious. But they'll have those leaders come forward. Camp and the rest of the team, um, the prayer team just come on forward. And I want to encourage you and just say this prayer with me, those who just raise your hand and say, Lord, I put my trust say it all around the room, say, Lord, I put my trust in you. Thank you for paying for my sins. I'm forgiven. And you, don't, you can't convert anybody. But you're going to tell them what you know. And you're going to invite them to come. Whether it's to church, whether it's to God, whether it's uh, to, to the salvation message, you're going to say, Come. If that's you, we just raise both hands to the Lord. Just raise both hands. Say, Lord, that's my commitment. I want to follow you, I want to be a messenger of your hope. And then just say this to the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm your plan A not plan B. You are the first plan. And I thank you, God. And Lord, move your power all out throughout our midst. Fill us, Lord, with the grace and the mercy, the message, the words, the prayers, whatever it is we need. We don't have to figure it all out. We don't have to know everything. You'll show us at the right time what we need to know. We don't need to worry. And we don't need to change people. We just need to offer the good news. And so show us how to do that. Empower us in Jesus' name. Do I hear an amen. Amen. amen? amen. God bless. How many got something from the Lord this morning? Can we give them praise? Thank you, Lord. Woo! Lord, you are faithful in every way. Blessings. We'll see you next week. We have some really fun stuff coming up. God bless.